welcome to Activating Sustainability, the Anthesis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Peterson, and we hope you're all doing well. Today, we have a really interesting discussion on life cycle assessment or LCA. You know, and what's interesting is it underpins so much of what we do within the sustainability space, or is used to inform some of the answers to the trickiest, stickiest, wicked questions that we may have out there. However, at times it can seem kind of confusing or obscure. So to really help shed some clarity, we're joined by Caroline Gaudreau, Associate Director, LCA Services Lead at Anthesis out of Montreal. And my mentor and good friend, Jim Fava, Executive Director at Anthesis, who's often affectionately referred to as the godfather of LCA out of Costa Rica. So welcome to you both. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Hi, Chris. Pleased to be here. So happy to have you both here. So maybe to help level set for myself and some of the listeners, can you describe what LCA is, what it isn't, and why do we have it? Maybe, Jim, do you want to start that one off? Sure, Chris. Yeah, I'd be pleased to do so. Maybe we start with uh, why do we have it? Around 30 years ago, when I first got involved in the life cycle assessment area, what we were concerned about from an environmental perspective was a lot of solid waste. There were barges up and down the coast of the U.S., and there was no place to put the solid waste. Uh, and people began to look at the solid waste issue. And then companies began to say, well, all right, my product is better than from the environment because it doesn't create solid waste. And there was a couple of LCA studies that weren't called LCA studies, but environmental studies done in that time period that basically said, well, you can't just look only at solid waste, but you also have to look at, you know, the, the energy used in making the product or the energy used in, you know, washing, you know, diapers or things like that. And it, it really raised the awareness that there are impacts along the entire life cycle of a product from raw material acquisition through the manufacturing use and end of life. And end of life was critical, but it was only one of the life cycle stages and only one of the, you know, the impacts. And so a group got together uh, through the Society of Environmental Toxicology and Chemistry. And I had the honor of chairing that first workshop where we coined the term life cycle assessment. And the goal was really to get a methodology which had not existed to that point in any kind of formal way of really looking at the full life cycle impacts from the raw materials acquisition to the end of life and including recycling and reuse of the final product. And that started, you know, an initial effort through providing the scientific foundation for LCA and then created an international standards organization, ISO standards for you know, LCA, and that's evolved over the last, you know, 30 years. So the desire for LCA at that point was there was no methodology to look at products from a cradle-to-grave perspective, and the LCA became a wonderful tool to help provide that uh, as a way of understanding the trade-offs and understanding uh, and informing decisions in the innovation stage or marketing or procurement. Amazing. And maybe, Caroline, bringing that kind of historical perspective into what you're seeing today within the LCA space, you know, how have you seen that evolve or kind of emerge from that direction that was sent out by Jim and a number of colleagues? That's a really interesting. When I started in this field, LCA was starting to get, you know, we had the 90s where LCA was super popular, then there was a crash because people say you can ask your LCA to say anything and then the standards were put into place. And so nowadays we see, again, more and more interest into LCA and we have more of the methods and the tools to do that. For me, it's it's one of the tools that you can use to make sure you're going to see and you're going to 
you're going to look into the different trade-offs with regards to uh, the environmental performance of products. And that includes, that includes, for instance, different environmental categories. A lot of people focus on carbon nowadays, but that's not it. You know, when it comes to environmental issues, we have water scarcity, we have problem with uh, like particulate and cities and a lot of other like pressure on land and LC allows you to do all of that and to look at all of those impact categories and also to see the trade-off that might exist you might be in a case where where you want to do something that's going to help the climate but is this going to have other uh, significant implication for other impact categories or even like I can give you an example when I I was working for the pulp and paper industry and we were looking at a tertiary water treatment for water effluent disposal. And if you wanted to improve on your water related impact categories, you would need more energy, which would have been detrimental to climate change. And without a tool like LCA, it's, you cannot see that. So I really like to put the emphasis that LCA is about trade-offs and being able to show those trade-offs and, and making the best decision as possible. People often come to me, they say, I want LCA. And then the only thing they care about is carbon. <laughs> and yes, you can look at carbon using life cycle approaches, but that's not an LCA, that's a carbon footprint. So LCA, we want to, yes, look at the full life cycle, but also we want to consider many different impact categories. Yeah, Chris, one other comment, if I may, Cowan's message just sort of gave me thought about an example. You know, what we did back in the early 90s when we first started putting the sort of their arms around what LCA is, it was driven by the sort of the societal perspective that solid waste is bad. And so any product cannot have any solid waste. So they began to look at you know, alternatives. And that's where LCA, as Carolyn nicely said, you know, looked at the trade-offs and understanding unintended consequences of, of options. But today in our circular economy world and with the plastic bans, we're sort of back where we were 30 years ago. We're banning plastic uh, without really fully understanding what the possible unintended consequences of alternatives are. And so there is beginning to be some effort in the various industries looking at, okay, what does LCA information tell us about alternatives to plastic. Having plastics in the ocean is just bad. We shouldn't be doing that, that's for sure. But going ahead and banning plastic because there creates marine pollution, marine litter, uh, without understanding the consequences, I think we could be getting ourselves into you know, some unintended consequence that could create a bigger problem or a different problem uh, without looking at it from a full life cycle. So I think the life cycle assessment is becoming now to be rebirth of interest in LCA because people are saying, hey, banning a material, that's one way to do it. The other way to material is say all products have some impact. And then how do we best understand the full life cycle trade-offs and then pick the right product or the alternative or the right changes to reduce those impacts? But that sounds way harder than just picking one impact and trying to optimize on one as opposed to across a bunch of them. You know, having seen firsthand the value of LCA, for me, that's where it's always lie. It's just that embracing of the complexity of the systems that we're in and really trying to dig down into it. But also understand that that complexity can feel overwhelming to people, causes, you know, some challenges around really trying to understand their supply chain, sourcing locations, data collection, et cetera. Caroline, to start us off, could you speak to why is it really worth it, right? And what's the value that organizations are getting 
from taking or really embracing that complexity and digging into the details around that? I would say the initial, like most important value is just getting an understanding of those trade-offs. And also like nowadays, it's super important. You have more and more requests for environmental information. People want transparency, the full traceability. And so LCA provides you a framework to organize all that information and also to get an understanding of what your product are made of and might create in the end of life. So I see that also as like a way to understand the risk in the supply chain. LC does not do that and does not calculate risk, but it forces you to track and describe and formalize what goes into your product and where your product goes. So for me, that's the first value, just getting information, getting organized on that information. Then... Of course, you can use that. You have the environmental aspect, but some of those environmental aspects also relates quite quite well with the economical side of, of things or like money, money driven, like energy efficiency reduction are going to show in, in LCA as having positive impact for the climate or for other impact categories. So they are low, like I would say low hanging fruit there like where you can find those places where you have something that, yes, is going to improve the environment, but is also going to improve your bottom line. So that would be the second the second way of doing that. It also, and Jim can talk to that, but for innovation purposes, LC is a great tool. I'll, I'll let maybe Jim speak to this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the key is that what you're trying to do in the innovation stage gate process, for example, you know, within a company, you have the early stages of ideation, thinking about the what the purpose of the product is, and then you know what are potentially some of the environmental hotspots that are critical from you know previous understanding of LCA results, and then use that as a way you go through the innovation process of actually identifying ways that you are areas that you want to reduce you know that environmental footprint, uh, and then looking at the results of LCA as you go through that you know, the whole stage gate process. And often, often at the end, when you're looking about ready to launch a new product out of innovation, you go back and, and do a more definitive LCA to show that, in fact, the improvements that you have worked on considering through the innovation process are real. And you can really show the benefit of reducing greenhouse gas, reducing water, or reducing use of eutrophication, some of the other impact categories are significantly less in the new product than the, the previous generation. Product. So that's where a lot of implementation right now is company. And, and a lot of it, it's from, we talked about earlier about banning of plastics and some of the circular economy, is that how do you design products that are greener and more sustainable because you've dealt with it right in the ideation stage and begin to flag which of those impacts are most important. And then you follow that through to actually reduce it you know, at the end. So you're getting both positive sustainability impact as well as um, positive you know, business you know, business value associated with uh, with that. Yeah, and I think really interesting to think about, you know, all those pieces and Caroline, coming back to your point of, you know, given that clear vision of the product system, they, you know, I, it really seems like it helps organizations to shift from that whack-a-mole reactive approach to, like you're saying, Jim, trends, trends around end of life, solid waste within that, or, you know, a specific target like carbon to looking across the entire piece to, Kind of develop a formalized strategy. You know, I, I know there's a level of comfort that comes along with that, embracing the complexity. Yeah, LCA results will inform a decision making. 
it doesn't make the decision. I mean, I think this is the one thing that people say, well, it makes the decision for you. It doesn't. A corporation or a government, if it's on policy related, the LCA, you know, as, as uh, Carolyn just showed, showed, was that it gives you clarity as where those impacts are, where high or low and, you know, from an existing product or comparison, you know, but a new products you're trying to bring into the, the product design, uh, you begin to compare and look at that, but you've got to come from a top down saying, okay, we as a company or organization have looked at, you know, greenhouse gases is critical. Make sure that people aren't harmed with the use of our, our product. Make sure that the design of the product is done in a way that it can be reused or recycled at the end of life. So there's four or five major policy directions coming down from the top that then are used by the decision makers with the life cycle information to make that informed decision. So you need the, the policy and the impacts that were more uh, relevant and material to a company or a product coupled with the life cycle information, bring them the two together and you can make those more informed decisions. Yeah, fascinating. So I'm a little nervous to ask this question as a generalist of two deep thinkers, PhDs, godfathers of LCA within this space, but I'm curious kind of what are the discussions within the LCA community today without maybe getting too technical or into the weeds? Where is it going? What what are people talking about? And where's the kind of status of, of the space? Yeah, I can start a bit on that, uh, Jim, if, if you allow. <laughs> Many things are being discussed with, within the LCA community. Like the first one is in the origin, LCA is very good at putting a number on environmental impacts for which you can associate with the use of resources or the release of pollutant into nature and to put numbers onto that. But it's far bigger than that if you want to apply a life cycle approach. So how do you go about, like Jim was just mentioning, looking at circularity and at those aspects which are not like quantifiable with flows of material into the environment, but that are really less tangible and it's more like attributes, like biodegradability and circularity, compostability, like marine litter in the environment. Yes, you can quantify the amount of plastic that goes into the environment, but what's the actual implication for the environment of that? That is way harder to quantify with metrics. Biodiversity is another one with like the effect of human activity on something that is so complex like biodiversity, another like aspect. So how do we apply those life cycle approach without necessarily going into quantified metrics and still use that for decision making? That's for me, that's one big thing that is being discussed now in the, the LCA community. I also want to see more of how do we go from all those indicators into decision making, like like Jim was just mentioning. You'll have 10, 15, 20 different like indicators. How do we use that for decision making? So that's more of like the social science or, <laughs> but you still need to be able to use that information. With that comes like visualization techniques to show those results. Uh, like we need like normalization. We need to be able to understand the magnitude of what is, even if like one alternative has this climate change impact than the other, if we move the needle by like very small, maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> so how do we focus on what really matters and how to do that into like a formalized way? 
that's another thing I'm seeing as as being discussed. Maybe, maybe Jim, you want to add a, a little more to that? Yeah, no, Carolyn, that's that's right on. I guess there's maybe two or three things that I would think about when I think about the conversations we're having in the life cycle community. One of the conversation is recognizing how do we connect the life cycle community with the users? There's some work from multi sort of country and uh, folks from around the world are working on, you know, how do we accelerate the application and use of life cycle information to inform decision making? And so there's this effort to reach out to the user community, the innovation community, the procurement community, which have their own groups, and then learn how to change the wording and the visualization of the results to make them more understandable and relevant to a designer. So there's use of the words attributes. You know, my product is they have a design attributes of it needs to be recycled content, it's durability, things like this, which aren't necessarily an LCA impact. So there's this communication going on where the LCA community is understanding the innovation process and the terminology that they use. And then the innovation people are understanding the LCA terminology and what's it. So we're beginning to merge. So there's a, a, a big effort within the lifecycle community and the innovation community to develop what we call translators, people that can translate the LCA information to the user community and translate the user process in their language to the LCA community. So that's one that's happening in the conversation going on in the, in the LCA community. The other one, which I think is, is key, is a lot of effort in social LCA. LCA has traditionally been an environmental assessment tool, but with when you think about the supply chains and the social issues on worker safety, child labor, slave labor, and all the various things that occur possibly in supply chains around the world, there's a lot of effort in the last five, 10 years on trying to modify the LCA methodology to include social categories. And a lot of that's going on, a lot of research, a lot of publication, and it's making great progress. So I see that's another area that I think is good. Could we think about innovation and decision-making? Environment is important, yes, but the social consequences of the product or the social consequences of the supply chain and the materials and parts that go into your product is also important. And can LCA help, you know, help with that? And the final sort of lesson learned, and not, not lesson learned, but you know, sort of where we are right now in future directions, is really realizing that LCA is not the tool. It is a tool in a toolbox looking at the whole systems life cycle perspective. And so you've got LCA information, you've got risk assessment information, you've got product safety information that all fit together and stakeholder engagement may be another impact that you're beginning to look at. So LCA is one tool in a toolbox to really work on understanding and developing more sustainable products. Thank you both for keeping that very accessible for myself and others, but then I'm sure that there's a lot of depth behind those, but really exciting to see that translation and you know that hearing from both of you that sense of how do we connect the value of LCA with that decision-making framework or visualization or translators, really exciting stuff. And I imagine as I said so much has gotta be going on within that space from leveraging IT and other sources around that as well. So I know we're, we're coming up on time. So maybe to wrap up, wondering if you could each just share either a key lesson or a critical takeaway that you'd like the listeners to, to walk away with today and hopefully kind of step away and implement it within their organizations as they go forward. I'll start. So what I would want to see is 
that we start using LC to really move the needle. The reason I'm saying that is I would say one time out of two, what, when I'm getting a request for an LLC, people want to show their product is better than someone else and to do marketing. So it's good. That's a step to start, but it's not very useful if you really want to have an impact. And so what I would want to see is more and more of those requests to do LCA for really making more sustainable products like each company looking at its own product and improving in this. I think it's Jim that will say there is no green product. There's just greener products. <laughs> but to do that, everyone needs to look at its own basis of product and try to improve that, not go and market their product against someone else. To me, that's a little bit of a loss of time <laughs> and resources. And there is many other ways where LC can be used also to move the needle. We are having more and more requests for scope tree inventories that needs supply you engagement. We need LCAs there. And that's really a good place to use LCA for really making a difference. Like that's engaging discussion with suppliers and trying to make them improve their performance and supplying material to different products. So my final thought is like, let's use LCA the right way to really make an impact. I agree with that. Two quick comments, Chris, in closing. One. One is we learned that if we're really going to have successful LCAs within a company or within your organization, you've got to engage the people who are going to be using the outcome of your study early and throughout the study. Uh, in the LCA, we have what we call a goal and scope definition, where you bring in what's the purpose of the study, why you're doing it, uh, how it's going to be used. And often it's just within the technical or sort of an engineering group. What you want to do is if it's supposed to be used for helping to inform a decision within the innovation or how do you decide to select one supplier versus another, you need to get those people who are going to be using the results actually engaged in that goal and scope so they understand the purpose, how the data is going to be collected, and how, how it's ultimately going to be used. And it's a two-way translation kind of conversation we had. So getting the right people early and throughout the study is the first one. The second one is really if you're going to look at the value of what your LCA results are, and then when do they actually, when does a company actually realize that value? It's not when you finish the study and you present your results to the user. It may be a month, a year, or even two years later. So there is a, an important role for the LCA world and community is to continue a dialogue with those users. Because the users are going to have questions throughout the process. Okay, what did this really mean? So maintain a dialogue with the, the user community. So when they make the decision, they change the material and the new product coming out is greener. And so it has a very positive sustainability impact. And then if it's sold and it creates revenue for the company, you begin to track and see your, how your LCA results can be were used over a period of time to create a positive sustainability impact as well as positive business value. But that's not going to happen the day the study is done. It's a part of a longer term process. But then you're getting the user community and the lifecycle community engaged and working together to drive a more sustainable organization. Very well said. Yeah, maybe that's a great spot to, to leave it. So much more to dig into and really looking forward to seeing where that goes. I know, Caroline, you're a recent addition to Anthesis to lead the LCA effort and Really excited to see where, where you take that uh, within the organization as it goes forward. So thank you both so much for time and insight today. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Chris. Thanks. 
And thanks so much to all of you again for listening. If you'd like to learn more about LCA and its contributions to making sustainability happen, please visit the antisysgroup.com sustainable products and services landing page, or reach out to any of us via email at first.lastname at anthesisgroup.com. And we'll include all of those links, et cetera, in the episode notes. So thanks again and stay well.